All right. Thank God for our evangelist, amazing evangelist, and his lovely wife is here today. Brother Puentes, I apologize that I've not been able to be here every service. I've been hither and yon, but I'm home for about the next 45 days. We are delighted that you're here. We want you to come and take your liberty. One more time, let's put our hands together for the man of God in Jesus' name. lift our hands right now I feel the presence of the Lord in this place I feel it's so tangible it's overwhelming in, in this house right now could you just lift your hands and just grab it open your spirit to the presence of the Lord that's moving in this house oh God we know without a doubt that you are here Father that you are moving in our midst oh God your presence is so overwhelming this morning, oh God. And with gratefulness in our hearts, we reach out to you, Jesus. We extend our hands, God. We open our hearts, Lord, for your spirit to touch us and to minister unto us today, oh God. It is without a question that angels are in this place right now, Father. And they are here to minister to the heirs of salvation, oh God. Oh, why don't you just open up your spirit for just a moment and just let that presence of God overflood you right now. Why don't you just overflow with that presence that's in this house right now. Oh, God, I'm here. I'm here to worship you. Uh, I'm here, God, to reach out for you, Jesus. Uh, I'm here, God, to get a hold of you this morning. Uh, I will not let this moment pass me by, oh, God. Uh, I will not make the same mistake Jacob did uh, and say the Lord was here and I knew it not. Uh, but I want to maximize in this opportunity. Uh, I want to capitalize uh, in this invitation, oh, God. God. Oh, you're moving in this place. We can feel it in this house. Anybody feel the presence of God right now? I don't feel to move any any moment forward if we can just dwell in the presence of the Lord for a moment. I feel like someone's receiving strength right now. If you've been weak, why don't you lift your hands? God is wanting to, get, wanting to give you strength this morning. If you've been weak in your spirit, why don't you just pray in the Holy Ghost right now. You're going to begin to build yourself up upon your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. You felt tear down. You felt like you've been defeated. I think it's time for just a moment we build ourselves up. Oh, upon our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Can we do that for just a moment? If you got the Holy Ghost here, could you just open your mouth for just a moment and just let that heavenly language come out of you right now? I feel a refreshment coming to somebody right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Ghost renewing somebody right now. There it is. There it is. Something's breaking forth this morning. Oh, we're going to take our time for just a moment right now I feel an overwhelming uh, oh I feel just something trying to come forth out of you uh, can you just let it out uh, can you just surrender to it can you just yield to the flow of the Holy Ghost right now 
Lay your hand on the person next to you and just pray for them. Mm. 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 The body is becoming in alignment. It's coming under alignment right now. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. And there's a flow coming out of you that's coming into them. There's a connection. There's a bridge being made right now. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. There's a bond that's about to be broken right now. Something's about to be loose. It's a breach of many waters. It's a breakthrough in this house. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it rising as I'm speaking to you right now. I feel it rising as I'm speaking to you right now. Come on, lift your voice right now. Lift your voice for a moment. We're going to press through. We're going to press through. We're going to press through. Oh God, overflood this place. Saturate this place with your presence, oh God. Oh God. Oh God, in the name of Jesus. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Man, I, I feel I feel like the Lord's about to do something great. And I'm just glad that I'm going to be a part of it. And I'm glad that you're going to be a part of it. I want to draw your attention for a moment to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 10. Amen. It bears repeating that it is an honor and a privilege to be standing here ministering the word of the Lord to you. I don't take this moment lightly. I don't take this moment out of coincidence, but I believe the Lord has allowed us to be connected. And I've prayed for this church and I've asked the Lord for direction. I asked the Lord, I said, God, I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your ways. What is it that you're thinking about Spokane? What are your thoughts towards this city? I'm just overwhelmed right now. I just want to minister to you. The Holy Ghost has dropped into my spirit. First Samuel chapter 10. You've honored to your wonderful pastor. Bishop Mayo, I love and appreciate him so much. His family, his wife, such great apostolic leadership. And I'm just so, so honored to have the opportunity to, to say that I have a great connection with them. I appreciate and I honor everything they've done in this city. You could feel it as you're flying in, you could feel it as you're driving through the streets. 
you could feel the impact and the influence of Liberty Lake and what God is doing through this church. So I'm so, so, so thankful for my connection with them. Give honor to the wonderful ministry team and the sound team, the media team, everybody. Thank you so much. You've been so kind to my wife and I. Um, she loves coming out to Spokane. She loves coming out to Liberty Lake. And I told her, I said, you know, uh, I, I don't want to go back to Spokane without you. And so we've made a pact not to come back to Spokane by ourselves. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. First Samuel chapter 10. Amen. We're just going to read one, one verse. Amen. Is everybody there? Praise God. Verse number five and verse number six. It says, And after that thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. It shall come to pass when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place, with a psaltery and tabret and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. Verse number six, and the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and it shall be turned, and you shall be turned into another man. I want to preach to you this morning on a message I've titled, an anointing that will change you. An anointing that will change you. Can you close your Bible? Could you lift your hands? If you're wanting to hear the voice of God here this morning, could you just tell him in your own words, God, I want to hear from you. I want to know your thoughts. I want to know your words, oh God. I want revelation. I want clarity and understanding of your word, God. I want your spirit to minister to me today, Father. Don't pass me by, oh God. I want you to minister to this heart. Come on, somebody. Just lift your voice for a moment. Talk to the Lord right there where you're at. Tell him, I want you to minister to this mind. I want you to minister to this heart. I want you to touch this body. I want you to give strength to this spirit. Lord, I, I want everything you have for me this morning, God. I don't want the crumbs, oh God. I don't want the leftovers, Lord, but I want everything that you have for me. I feel hunger stirring right now as I'm saying these words. I feel hunger stirring right now. If that's you, you ought to voice out your hunger and tell the Lord, I want everything. I want everything. I want everything heaven is sending my way. I want everything heaven is pouring out. I want everything that's at the table of God. I don't want to pick and choose. No, no, no. I want everything. There's a desire. There's a yield in me. There's a yearning in my spirit that says I'm not satisfied. I'm not complacent. Oh, normal is not, is not going to suffice. I want the supernatural. I want the, uh, uh, the extraordinary. I want what comes from heaven. I'm hungry for it. I'm hungry for it. If you're hungry for it, clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. 
We worship you, God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. As I was reading the book of 1 Samuel, I came across chapter number 10, which really stirred up an interest to look deeper into the narrative and the story of Saul's anointing. Saul was chosen by the people, but anointed by God to be the man that was going to lead the people of Israel as a king, as the first king of Israel. Interesting enough, if you've read the background or the context, you realize that Saul was departed from his father in search for the donkeys or in search for the very possessions of his father that had steered away. And interesting enough, as he's looking for the donkeys, this very, very valuable thing to the possession of his father, he finds himself lost. He finds himself wandering without any direction. And he tells the person next to him, or the person next to him tells him, says, here in this neighboring city there is a seer, a prophet, that'll tell us what to do. And Saul, in his fear, Saul, as he is lost and wandering, he's actually falling into the very plan of God that God has instituted for his life. Interesting enough, in chapter 9, God speaks to Samuel and says, I will send you a man. I'm going to send you a man that you are about to anoint. You see, what we consider lost and wandering, God just considers sent. What we think is just lost without any direction, actually God is allowing them to, about to, allowing them to fall into the plan that he has purposed for their lives. And I've come to talk to somebody here today that you may feel that you're lost and that you're wandering and you feel that you have no direction, but in reality, you were sent by God to this place because in this place, something is about to happen that is going to change your life forever. I wish I had somebody that had a testimony that said, I came through these doors lost and I was wandering through this world, but I wasn't lost. God was sending me to an apostolic church where I was going to lift my hands. I was going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I was going to be baptized in the name of Jesus. The enemy wants to think you are lost. The enemy wants to make you think you're wandering, but God has ordained your steps and you're in this house not by accident but by divine purpose of God I feel the Holy Ghost he was sent he may have interpreted the situation as lost or wandering but he was sent by God God was planning everything 
God was orchestrating everything behind the scenes and Saul was about to come to a moment where the prophet was about to release the plan of God over his life this is what you've been living for Saul this is what you've been seeking for you thought it was donkeys you thought it was the possessions of your father but in reality you're about to find what's about to change your life forever and it's an anointing the spirit of God's gonna come upon you Saul and you're never gonna be the same the spirit of God is gonna dwell inside of you Saul and you're never going to be the same because the things we used to chase were no longer chasing the things we used to seek after were no longer seeking after there's a Holy Ghost that satisfied all of our needs Amen. Bishop, I'm going to need your help for a moment. You can read. Someone give him a mic really quick. We're going to go through this for just a moment. Is this all right? Yeah. We're going to go through this for just a moment. We're going to start in verse number 2. Samuel chapter 10, verse number 2. When thou art departed from me today... Then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulcher. Stop right there. By whose sepulcher? Rachel's. Rachel's. You see, there's a lot of people that praise Rachel. But I've got issues with Rachel. I've got my own thoughts and opinions according to this woman. She went before her husband, Jacob, and she told him, she said, Give me children, lest I die. That's how desperate and hungry and just longing she was to have children. She told her husband, she said, give me children lest I die. But interesting enough, when she's bearing her child, she calls his name Benoni, which in the Hebrew means the son of my sorrow. Rachel wanted children, but she didn't want the pain that came with childbearing. She wanted children, she wanted the fruit, but she didn't want the pain that came with it. And immediately when it got hard, and immediately when it got difficult, she tried to identify her son with her sorrow. And she, all of a sudden, the very thing she wanted and desired so much, now she was complaining about because it was causing her much pain. Oh, Rachel, don't you ask for kids if you're not willing to endure the pain of childbearing that comes with it. What am I trying to say here this morning? Let's not ask for revival if we're not willing to endure the pain that comes with it. We've been asking for a harvest, but it takes work in order for the harvest to be reaped. We've been asking for revival, but it's going to take some pain and some anguish and some suffering. Let us not complain when pain comes our way. It's only the method God is using in order for revival to be birthed. Rachel says, listen, I want children, but I don't want the pain that is required and necessary in order for it to be birthed. And there's churches that'll say, we want revival, but man, we don't want the pain of intercession. We don't want the pain of travail. We don't want the pain of long hour prayers and prayer meetings that go all night in order for that revival to be birthed. 
In other words, they want the child, but they don't want the process of delivery in order for the child to come forth. That doesn't work that way. I've come with a message from God to somebody here today. You've been asking for revival in your family, and God's giving you pain. Why? Because pain is the method by which revival comes through. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Some of you are asking God, take the pain away. God, take the trauma away. God, take the anguish away. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. But God's saying it's through the trauma. It's through the suffering. It's oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's through the anguish that the revival you've been asking for is going to come. Stop complaining about the method God is trying to use in order to bring the very thing you're asking for. Oh, God. She calls his name. Son of my sorrows. Son of my pain. Son of my anguish. Interesting enough, here comes Jacob. And Jacob knows a little bit about identity. He knows a little bit about identity. His parents called him Sir Planter and Heel Grabber. And he realized after an encounter with God, his name was about to be changed. And he said, listen, you're no longer going to be called Benoni. You're going to be called Benjamin. <laughs> Benoni means son of my sorrow, but Benjamin means son of my right hand. <laughs> Oh, he took his child and said, you're not going to be identified by the trauma you may have caused others. You're not going to be, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. You're not going to be identified by the suffering you may have caused somebody else. I'm about to pick you up and I'm about to rename you. You're no longer going to be identified with suffering. You're no longer going to be identified with your past. You're no longer going to be identified by the person that hurt you or you hurt them. I'm about to change your identity you're no longer going to be identified with sorrow you're going to be identified with power oh God the son of my right hand that's what happens when you get baptized in Jesus name Woo! That's what happens when you get dunked in those waters, Bishop. That's what happens when you get baptized in that beautiful name. It's not in the titles. It's not in any other name. But it's in the name of Jesus. Your identity is changed. Whoever said whatever they said about you, it fades in the water. It stays in the baptismal tank. And so they said, listen, Saul, your anointing is about to be confirmed. But listen, this is so powerful. It's going to start at the place where Rachel was buried. It's going to happen where Rachel was buried. There are some things, and I felt it in the Holy Ghost. There are some false accusations and things that have been said over you that have yet to be buried in your life. People have identified you falsely. 
somebody said you're never going to amount to anything you're always going to be depressed you're always going to be anxious you're never going to live in victory you're never going to have authority but it's at the place of burial it's at the place where Rachel is buried and the comments and the presuppositions of somebody else are buried that the anointing is confirmed in your life listen you'll never be able to walk in the anointing as long as the other voices of naysayers and critics are still alive I'm talking to somebody here today it's time to bury your Rachel it's time you it's time you take that shovel and it's time you make some room why because every comment come on I feel the Holy Ghost every oh every false accusation every murmuring spirit every gossip oh every false identity is gonna be buried so it's at Rachel's burial site where you're anointing Brother Sergeant, it's where every comment that was said against you, whoo, every word that punctured your spirit, every word that afflicted your confidence, every word, every single person that categorized you and told you you made a mistake and you'll never recuperate from that. It's at the burial site of negativity and gossip and murmuring that the anointing is going to be conformed or confirmed in your life. It's at Rachel's sepulcher. It's where Rachel said those things about you. She wanted to identify you with some things, but the burial site is where the anointing falls and the anointing begins its work in your life. Listen, some of you, you're struggling with the anointing because Rachel's still alive in your life. You're struggling with the anointing. Is this okay, Bishop? You're struggling with the anointing because Rachel is still alive in your life. And she's still telling you, don't you forget what I said. Don't you forget what I identified you with. Don't you forget what I said at that dinner table. And I told you straight to your face, you're never going to do anything for God. And you're struggling with the anointing because Rachel is still alive. I'm inviting a church this morning to get up, rise up, and put Rachel to bed. And put Rachel to the grave. Every evil thing that was spoken against you every tongue that lifted itself against you you've got a bearing as long as Rachel's alive the anointing cannot be accessed but the Clark we're, we're in between two places because we don't know if we ought to believe the anointing or we ought to believe Rachel Man, I'm going to just leave it all here in this altar right now. We don't know if we ought to believe our mama or we ought to believe that we are a chosen generation. We don't know. And so there's an identity crisis in the apostolic church. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. There's an identity crisis because there's a generation that they don't know who they are. 
The anointing is saying there are, oh man, there are evangelists, there are prophets, there are teachers, there are pastors. But they, but Rachel's saying, no, 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 you're just a pew saint. You're just going to warm up a pew. I'm here to come against Rachel this morning. I'm here to come against every lying spirit. I'm here to come against every deceiving devil that's been trying to get you outside of the anointing. You've got to make up your mind. This culture does not, not, this culture does not determine my identity. My identity doesn't come from anybody else. My identity comes from my relationship with the anointing. That's where my relationship, that's where my identity comes from. Is when that anointing was poured upon my life. And I got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost started speaking to me. This is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to see. I feel this resonating with somebody right now. That Rachel's telling you the spirit lied to you. That prophet lied to you. Pastor's been lying to you. But I've come to tell you it's Rachel that's been lying to you. It's Rachel that's been mislabeling you. Benjamin you gotta get up and you gotta realize you're not the son of anyone's sorrows you're not the son of anyone's trauma you're not the son of suffering you are the son of power and so they said things about you he's never gonna recuperate She's never going to recover. She's never going to do what God intended for her to do. She forfeited the will of God. That is a lying spirit. That is Rachel just speaking out of hurt, not a trauma, not a suffering. And she's wanting you to live out her suffering for her. I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you are dealing with things right now because others spoke those things over your life. You're not really depressed. Someone said you were depressed. Ah, come on, I need some help right now. If you feel faith rising, you ought to stand to your feet and preach with me for a moment. You are not what people said you are. You are not what anybody else said you are. You are who God says you are. I don't care what your professor said. I don't care what your college said. I don't care what your university said. What matters is what the Bible says. Man, Bishop, I'm plowing. I'm plowing right now. Why? Because there's false identity. There's false identity. We come before the presence of God and we don't know how to approach him because we're bearing a false identity. We're bearing a false identity. When in reality the Bible says we ought to come before the throne room of grace with confidence and with boldness. Only sons can realize the boldness that they have with their father. 
And so if you come saying, I'm not worthy of anything, I don't deserve anything, you're bearing a false identity. What you ought to do is come to this altar and lift your hands and say, God, I'm coming boldly before you. I'm not coming timidly. I'm not coming by accident. I'm not coming because I stumbled in. I'm coming with confidence. I'm coming with boldness. I need you. I need you to intervene. I need you to work on my behalf. It's at Rachel's sepulcher where the false identity is buried. The anointing rises up. The anointing starts operating. The anointing starts changing you. The anointing starts changing the way you think. The anointing starts changing the way you act. The anointing starts changing the way you speak. The anointing starts changing the way that you do things. All of a sudden you don't got the same mentality, Brother Marks. All of a sudden you're not a pessimist or you're not a negative Nancy thinking everything wrong is going to happen in your life. You've got to let go of Rachel and get a hold of the anointing. Keep reading, Bishop. Whew. I was getting comfortable. Huh? Hallelujah. Praise God. I was preaching with the preacher. After Rachel's sepulcher. In the border of Benjamin at Zelza. Uh-huh. And they will say unto thee, uh-huh. the asses which thou wentest to seek are found. The donkeys you were looking for they're no longer lost but they're found keep reading and lo thy father hath left the care of the donkeys and sorroweth for you saying what shall I do for my son what happens when the anointing comes upon your life you know what you want to know what happens when the anointing comes upon your life <laughs> Your priorities change. Now the donkeys are no longer the priority. But there's a kingdom now, Saul, that you have to rule over. (laughs) The things you were chasing after, they're no longer important. Can I talk to somebody? When you get anointing, when you get the anointing, when you get anointed, making money is no longer the priority. And I'm, I'm not saying you ought to not make money, but I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteous. Man, I was going to get some backfire on that. I'm messing with people's finances now. Well, I'm going to just keep going for just a moment. When you get anointed, uh, all of a sudden that new career set is no longer the priority. When you get anointed, all of a sudden that, that diploma is no longer the priority. The priority is advancing the kingdom of God. The priority is expanding the kingdom of God. before the anointing will ever change anything it'll change your priorities 
And I see people chasing after things you are not meant to chase after. I see people chasing after things you ought to not chase after. You're going like a headless chicken looking for everything and getting your hands on this and getting you. I don't mean to disrespect anybody, but I just want to tell you when you get anointed, your priorities begin to change. All of a sudden, everything that was important before is no longer important. What did Paul say? He said, I see everything as lost. I see everything as garbage for the kingdom of God. I prefer that heavenly place over an earthly place. I prefer that kingdom over the kingdoms of this earth. When you get anointed, priorities change. It's no longer about building your kingdom. It's no longer about making your name known. It's no longer about glorifying you. But now you're getting your hands to the plow. And you're telling Bishop, I'm wanting to work for the kingdom of God because I've been anointed. I haven't been anointed to sit in the pew and just waste some space. No, 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 no. I'm not. That's not the will of God for me to sit in the pew and chase after donkeys and leave a kingdom vacant. No, 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 no. There's an anointing that's want to lift somebody up today and call them to a city call them to a nation call them to a re- ah, come on if you believe that you ought to shout amen if you believe that I'm convinced there are nations we have yet to reach because there's people in the church chasing after donkeys There is revival that is yet to have because there's people chasing after the currency, chasing after the market, chasing after the economy. And God says, I didn't anoint you for that. I'm not saying you ought to not be blessed. No, you ought to be blessed. But get your priorities straight. Man, get your priorities in line. Because when you put Jesus first and you put the kingdom of God first, everything else shall be added onto you. Come on, somebody. Some of you are looking for this and looking for that, but you're losing this and you're losing that. If you put Jesus first, your family will come in alignment. Come on. If you put Jesus first, your finances will come in alignment. When you put Jesus first. I wish there was somebody that would believe uh, we're a Jesus first church uh, in Liberty Lake. We put Jesus uh, at the center of everything. He's not at the center of our conference. He's not at the center of our schedule. He's not at the center of our plans. But our world revolves around him. Priorities come into alignment. The kingdom can now be seen. The kingdom comes into perspective when priorities are aligned. Saul, you're no longer meant to stay at daddy's house, but there is a higher place for you. 
There's a higher dimension with your name on it. There's a higher place that this anointing is wanting to take you. I need you to come with me on this journey, Saul. You're not meant to chase after the possessions of your daddy. You're not meant to live under the shadow of your daddy. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You may be living under the shadow of somebody else, but that anointing is wanting to you, wanting you to be unique in the kingdom of God. It's not wanting you to be a replica. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. We've got too many replicas in Pentecost. Come on, we got too many copycats in Pentecost. We got too many people trying to be like somebody else and not like who God anointed them to be. But I'm talking to a church that you're not wanting to be this or that. You're wanting to be what God. Keep reading, Bishop. Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, uh-huh. and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. Uh-huh. And there shall meet thee three men going. Three men. Keep going. Going up to God to Bethel. All right, Bethel. That was the place where the altar was at. Yeah. That was the place where the people would meet with the priest. There was an interaction between the people carrying the sacrifice and the bread and the priest that was able to use what they were carrying. You got to understand, these kids, it's talking about goats. It's talking about baby goats. It's, it wasn't intended for common use, Elder Sergeant. It wasn't intended to go and sell at a marketplace or to trade. It was meant as a sacrifice unto God. The loaves were specifically separated for holy use. They were specifically separated so that the only hands that would touch these loaves would be the hands of the priests. Those that were anointed by God to fulfill that office and that ministry in the tabernacle. But look what happens. He says, and another carrying three loaves of bread and another carrying a bottle of wine. Next verse. This is so powerful. Look what happens. And they will salute thee. And give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. (laughs) So in other words, what was reserved for the priesthood was now eligible for Saul. What happens when the anointing comes? The anointing changes your diet. You're no longer sufficed. You're no longer satisfied with common bread. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. But now your diet has changed because of the anointing. And now what you look after is hollowed bread. It's bread that's been reserved unto God. You want to know why we can't watch what others watch? Because our diet has been changed because of the anointing. You know why we can't say what other people say? You know why we can't dress like other people dress? You want to know why we can't have applications on our phone like other people have applications on our phone? It's because there's an anointing, Brother Marks, that's changed our diet. (laughs) 
That's why David came before the priest and says, do you have bread here? And he says, we don't have common bread here. We have hollowed bread here. And he said, give that to me. It was the anointing David had that said, I don't want common bread. I don't want bread you can get anywhere else. I don't want bread you can get at the marketplace. Give me the bread that comes from God. There's a shift of hunger. Sister Mayo that's coming to the Apostolic Church. When no longer a random YouTube preacher can suffice. A simple illustration can no longer suffice the hunger of the Apostolic Church for hollowed bread. There's people that want to serve the people of God common bread. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a hunger that's shifting. And there's a generation of apostolic people that are rising up and say, don't give me what's common. Don't give me what I can find on the internet. Don't give me what I can find on Sermon Central. Don't give me what I can find in a book. Don't, no, 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 no. I want something that comes from heaven. I wish there was someone that was hungry in this house that would say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Give me a word from God. I don't need that fluff. I don't need I don't need the shallow. I don't need that stuff. I need a word from God. Give me hollow bread. Because the anointing has changed my diet. The anointing has changed my preferences. I can no longer be satisfied with a cute sermon. I can no longer be satisfied with a cute service. I'm preaching to somebody today. Bishop looked to me and said, we can never waste a service in the Pacific Northwest. He's got truth to that statement. We don't want common services. I wish I had somebody right now we don't want common music we don't want common worship we want hollow lift your hands and tell the Lord we want hollowed bread we want it we want the supernatural we want the miraculous we want signs miracles and wonders we don't want to be satisfied with shallow church we want the deep things of god if you're hungry for it you ought to lift your voice right now you ought to lift your voice right now I'm not satisfied with what YouTube is preaching to me. I'm not satisfied with a sermon I can find online. I need something that comes out of the mouth of God. Hallowed bread. There's going to be people that are going to be flooding through those doors. Hungry. Thirsty. Wanting the real deal. Wanting the real thing. They don't have an opportunity to waste. They don't have 
a service to go by in their motions. They're addicted. They're battered. They're beaten. What they need is a powerful move of God. They need a church that's able to offer them a hollowed move of the Holy Ghost. They're looking for, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. They're looking for a church that's willing to offer them not what the church down the street can offer them. They're, oh, come on, somebody. They're looking for a church that's willing to lay their hands on them and every chain be broken. Is that this kind of church? I think that's this kind of where we lay hands on the sick and the sick rec- where we lay our hands on the prostitute and she gets the Holy Ghost where we lay our hands on the gangbanger and he gets the Holy Ghost you want to know what's common for the Pacific Northwest having a guy up there with a suit and tie God wants to do something today the Lord wants to heal somebody this is what we do this is how we preach that's common but you want to know what's hollowed is a bishop that still is able to run the aisles You want to know what's common? Young people that sit at the back row not wanting to live for God. That's common. It's common for young people to be addicted to pornography and all this other junk. It's common. But we don't got that in this church. We got some young people that sit in the front and say, we want fire. We want the Holy Ghost. We want the... We want a demonstration. We want a move of God. That's what's hollow. That's what's hollow. That's what's hollow. Hunger. Hunger. Desperation is no longer the normality in the church. Common is having shallow. Common is people not lifting up their hands. Common is people with their lips shut. Common is people glued to their seat. That's common. But don't give me common church. I wonder if we can show the live stream. We don't got common church here. We don't got ordinary church here. Come on, the Holy Ghost still moves. The Holy Ghost still pours out.
Come on, I'm going to give you a couple more seconds. I'm going to give you a couple more seconds right now. Come on. This ain't common. This ain't common. You can't find this down the street. You can't find this in the bar. You can't find this in the club. Go, 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 go. Come on, don't you let your bishop run by himself. He's not a common man. He's not a common pastor. We don't have patty cake services here. We don't we don't got some lay me down to sleep services here. If this is your first time here, I'm going to tell you something. We got extraordinary services at Cornerstone Liberty Lake. Those kind of services that those addictions that a 12-step program couldn't break, you come before the presence of God and all of a sudden something starts to break, Brother Jared. All of a sudden something starts to shatter. Why? It's not common things we're doing here. It's things that come from God. The diet begins to change when you get anointed. You come to God's house and you're no longer a burden in the service. But now you're saying, let me carry the burden because there's something in me that's saying I'm hungry for more. That's what the anointing does. It doesn't just make you feel nice and give you the goosebumps, but it stirs up a hunger in you that says we're not going to have a common service this Sunday morning, but I'm coming to the altar. I'm stirring the atmosphere. I'm getting ready for what God. Anybody got some hunger here this morning? Come on, if you've been anointed by God, you've got a hunger for the supernatural. There shouldn't be a service go by without a miracle. That's not common. Someone's got a message. I'm going to pray you release it right now. This is for the church. But this right here is not common. The gifts of the Spirit moving in the church is not common. If you've got that word, I want you to release that right now. Uh huh. Keep going. Keep going. Lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands.
That's it. For some of you, it's common for you not to flow in the Holy Ghost. That ends today. That ends right now. That ends right now. That ends right now. That ends right now. Others of you, it's common for you not to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. That ends now. I don't feel to move on. I feel like this is it. I feel someone's identity is about to be changed. Rachel's grasp over you is about to be loosed. Rachel's identity over you is about to be released. And you're about to step in the anointing. You're about to step in the anointing. There's a diet that's changing at Liberty Lake. We want the gifts of the Spirit. We want the power of God. I want you to come to this altar. But I want you to get as close to this altar as possible. I don't want you to kneel. I want you to stand. We're going to press in the Holy Ghost right now. We're going to press in the Holy Ghost. Is this okay, Bishop? We're going to press in the Holy Ghost right now. I want you to come as close as possible. As close as possible. I want you to start. I want you to touch the brim of this altar right here. The edge of this altar. Get as close as possible. Listen, we haven't gotten here because we've entertained common. We didn't get to the place that we're at, Bishop, because we entertained common. We came to the place that we're at because there were men and women of God that said, Give me the hollowed, give me the special. Give me what's reserved for the anointing. Give me what's reserved for the anointed. And if we're going to move on and we're going to move forward, I feel the diet of this church changing to its original form. To how it was back in those days when prayer wouldn't leave this building and there was a tearing spirit. Lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now. I want you to pray until the anointing hits you. I want you to press until the anointing hits you. I want you to flow until the anointing hits you. Come on. Stop entertaining the common. Stop entertaining the ordinary. Reach for the hollowed. Reach for the hollowed. That's it. Go. 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 Push. Press. Press your way in. Press your way in. The anointing wants to change you into a new man. The anointing wants to change you into a new woman. Lift your voice. Open your mouth. Go, 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 go. Come on. If we want hollowed revival, we need a hollowed move of God.
We don't want common revival. We don't want a common word. We don't want a common move of God. Give me the hollowed. Come on, you ought to tap into hunger right now. You ought to tap into hunger right now. You ought to tap into hunger right now. That's it. That's it. Some of you, you, you lost your hunger. You're about to recuperate it here this morning. Come on. You lost how you used to pray. You're going to go back to how you used to pray. You're going to go back to the old fervency. You're going to go back to how you used to be passionate. I feel Rachel's grasp coming off of you right now. I feel Rachel's grasp coming off of you right now. Stop fighting with the anointing. Yield to it. Stop fighting with what the anointing is trying to make you into. Yield to it. Stop fighting with what the anointing is trying to move you to. Yield to it. Go, 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 go. Come on, your hunger's changed. Your hunger's changed. I don't want to see the same old, same old. I don't want, come on, there it is. There it is, there it is. Come on, you're voicing out your hunger. Oh, yes. Come on, there's a younger generation that's saying, don't give me the common. Don't give me the common. There's a sister in this house. The anointing wants to make you an intercessor again. Lift your, ha- lift your hands. That anointing is going to let a groan come out of you. That anointing is going to let a travail come out of you. Come on. You've been anointed to intercede. You've been anointed to fight. You've been anointed to war. 